Welcome to Dongtaini episode 92. On today's show, Simone makes her official birth press release. Stiffy reports on porn and pancake church events. And both ladies got down behind the candelabra. And now, here are your hosts, a couple of wee bonny lasses named Simone Turkington and Stephanie Drury. Hello, Stephanie. How are you, Dong? I'm Dong very well. How are you, Dong Simone? I'm Dong great. New we are mom. back, listener. <laughs> I am a new mom now. Yay. I'm all settled. I'm ready to record again. <laughs> um, I just, uh, we, we, we prepared for the show and then I ran and got my beer to record with. I don't even usually drink when we record, but, you know, I, I felt like I needed it today. <laughs> and I, I waited till the last second so that the, because I had a, a glass in the freezer. And I wanted the glass to be as cold and frosty as possible. So rather than sitting out for 10 minutes while we prepared, I wanted the glass to be a tip-top shape. So <laughs> that's where I'm at. I have a frosty beer in front of me. I am a new mum. I just pumped breast milk before we started recording. So <laughs> I knew that that would go. be your strategy. If you're drinking now, it means you just pumped or fed him. So Just pumped, yes. So, uh, yeah, it's it's good that you can do that. You can pump and drink so yeah i'm doing it and beer's supposed to be good for milk production too so yeah but i always heard that and um i I'm never doing, i'm doing the really best for my drinker. baby oh yeah, you are i, I remember so like <laughs> this is when uh, kind of towards the end of my nursing day nursing career but um when i was not a nurse but when i was breastfeeding oh that's a hard word for me to say but anyway i remember being at a club and um this is in my long island iced tea phase when i thought that that wasn't mixing drinks <laughs> Any <laughs> alcohol, and I remember like getting like like trying to zing milk out into the toilet at a club because I was like I don't want this to, to infect the baby's system. <laughs> wow, I was told though that the um, the. The milk, the, the alcohol stays in your milk like it stays in your blood. So when you're not drunk, there's no more alcohol in your milk. So you don't have to pump it out and throw it out. Oh, that sounds good. That's yeah. Good so as long as you don't feel drunk. I wish I'd known that then. <laughs> I know, right? It was because, yeah, I think I talked about this before, but when I took the breastfeeding class, everyone was like, had the most questions about when can I drink alcohol? How can I drink alcohol? <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I, we're making it happen. But But were they asking about the GMOs and the formula? Were they asking about oh, that? Oh gosh! Seriously, no, they weren't. Those motherfuckers. God damn it! Anyway, so yes, listener, we are back. It has been, I guess, the whole month of May. We were out because I had the baby, but in that time, uh, people obviously didn't forget about us because we got a really nice donation from listener Sean. I, that was so sweet. And if you would like to make a donation, remind Dogtini that you still love them. Them being us. Uh, yeah, you can visit Dogtini.com and click whores. on the collection plate. Those whores and uh, and uh, make a donation. So thank you, Sean, for that, and oh, thank you to fine. other people who. Uh, who left us sent us kind emails telling us they missed us that was nice to hear that really made me think shit i gotta get back on the wagon here so yeah it's been two years that we've been doing this i know may of uh of 2011 is when we started dong teeny so i still feel like we're a new podcast i feel like we are too (laughs) (laughs) as we record episode 92 we are a new podcast fresh (laughs) young podcast um yeah so Anyway, so uh, yeah, thanks all everyone for your support over the break. Um, I can't speak to the frequency of these now, but we'll, we'll try and do our weekly thing, you know. But um, actually, I have a lot of time on the computer now because I have to pump breast milk every two and a half hours or so, and I just spend it on the computer. So maybe if I just spent that time uh, pumping, I could, you know, I'd have nearly all the time it takes me in a day to do it so yeah. <laughs> if i just devoted every 15 minutes of you at the computer hooked up to your oh my god <laughs> your utter contraption <laughs> my utter, i'm so i'm so shy of that that like even people that like because I, I the reason i'm pumping all the time is because i'm having trouble 
getting the baby to stay on my boob for the breastfeeding. So, um, yeah, so that's why I have to keep pumping, keep pumping. And people that were around, like friends, whatever, family, you know, watching while I tried to nurse, I was fine with that. But when it comes to being attached to this machine, I'm like, everybody, I need to be alone. Like, I won't let anybody see me like that. I don't know what it is. It's, it's just, really dehumanizing. So I feel like I'm it in is. Brazil or something. That movie Brazil. <laughs> Not the country, I haven't seen but, it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it is dehumanizing. Like feeding the baby with the baby on your boob, everyone around, nay, no problem. But, you know, attached to that machine, it's a whole other thing. So, yeah. But, um, yeah, so no photos. Sorry. (laughs) But, um, anyway, but my my birth story, so it was quite a harrowing experience. (laughs) Sounds like it. (laughs) Yeah, so listen, what happened was um, I mentioned uh, sometime in the along the course of the show that I had placenta previa which meant that my placenta was like blocking uh, the way out for the baby just covering the exit no way out so I had to have a c-section and that was scheduled for May 6th it was like hooray we can plan the fire hazard fire hazard it was blocking the exit sorry oh right right right. Indeed. Well, funny you should say that because uh, the way things uh, ended up, the fire department did show up. So. Uh, <laughs> oh God! Oh, I don't even. I yeah. hate to even hear it now because you know, every, even though everything's fine, like that's just scary. I know. Greg hates talking about it. Was I'm like okay with it now because everything turned out okay. Yeah. But yeah, so it, it's now one. 1.30, on May 3rd, and, uh, and, yeah, and our doctor, my doctor said if you have any bleeding at all, like, if you have any spotting, like, come to the hospital. If you have any bleeding, go to the nearest emergency room. And I'm, like, in the best 25 minutes from, the, from my hospital, I wasn't, you know, it wasn't a closed hospital, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, only if it was, like, just a bit of spotting could I go there. Any actual bleeding, like a period or anything, is, like, go to the nearest emergency room because you could just die really fast. And I didn't really talk oh, about this very God. much because I didn't want to scare people about it, you know, right. so, um, I mean, are you familiar with that from the emergency room dealings? Do you, have you seen, like, women coming in with placenta preview and yes. bleeding a lot? Yeah. yeah. And so I, myself, I had an ectopic pregnancy, which they treat the same oh. way. They're like, that can be fatal, you know, so, you know, I had yeah, to go to the yeah. ER for that and an ambulance and everything, so. Yeah. Fertility's yeah. a bitch, so, man. It sure is. So, yeah, we hours of the May 3rd, um, you know, I'm half awake because um, Marnie, the cat, is kneading on my arm. So I think, I don't know if she woke me, like, that kept me alert to the fact that, you know, something was coming out of me. So I was like, um, and then, like, I got Greg to turn on the light and I checked. I was like, uh, I'm bleeding. I was like, oh, fuck. And so, yeah, it's fucking, you know, all hell breaks loose. And then I get up and I stand, I'm standing there, like, thinking, what do I do? And then there's just gush of blood comes out and I'm like oh my god and then another one came out and I was like oh my god and I'm like Greg there's a lot of blood and I was like I really, I really thought I was going to die because right, right. if you bleed profusely you can and you don't get to the hospital in time you you can die you know mm-hmm. so I, at that moment when it was coming out that fast I thought oh my god it's yeah I, I'm going to die and, and, and I was wearing the uh, Krispy Kreme boxer shorts <gasps> so those are gone now <laughs> oh ruined tragic I know. So, um, yeah, so it was awful. So Greg called 911. They came. Luckily, the bleeding kind of slowed down um, by the time they arrived, which was very quick. And, um, yeah, so the fire department came in. I'm standing, I'm sitting in my apartment. There's like, I don't know how, I don't even know how many people were here, but there was like, seemed like there was like five firemen in my bedroom and I had no pants on. So, and nobody was having any fun. It was just, it was just, yeah, not, not, not what that oh, sounds like no. on the surface. So, yeah, it was horrible. And uh, anyway, yeah, so they got me to the nearest hospital, which wasn't the hospital we were supposed to have the baby in. And yeah, I just, the bleeding was less, but it was, you know, slightly, slowly continuing. So they're like, yeah, we, we don't think it's safe to transfer you to your regular hospital so we're gonna have to do the c-section here but because even when they're doing the c-section they have to make sure that you they have enough blood on hand mm-hmm. if you know if you start bleeding when they try to remove the placenta so um, that's what that's what's gonna happen anyway they were gonna have blood on hand for blood transfusion if I started bleeding profusely even in the procedure so they had to prepare all that and do all these tests to make sure they got the right blood and everything yeah. so anyway so the next thing we know we're wheeled into the operating room and uh, and even and even so th- these were the risks I had I 
was going in with already, even with the planned C-section that was supposed to happen three days later, was I, I may bleed profusely. And if I, the bleeding didn't stop, they may have to give me a hysterectomy, they told me. Oh, my word. So, yeah. And it's funny because I didn't think I wanted more kids. But as soon as somebody says that, you're like, hold up. You know, like, right. what are you? You're like destroying my life <laughs> somehow with that, you know. Yeah. So that was kind of weighing on me. And also because um, the baby was being born, like, uh, you know, to three and a half weeks early, that the chances lungs weren't going to be developed mm. very well. So there was that concern. So anyway, but we go ahead with the procedure and I didn't bleed any extra when they took the placenta out. Baby comes out screaming with fabulous lungs oh, and good, good. everything went great after that. So, oh, good. Yeah. So the little baby's name is Quincy Gibb Turkington. So that is his name. Quincy, because we liked Quincy and Gibb, we've named after the Bee Gees. They're awesome. So we've had that name sort of prepared for years. You know, mm -hmm. I think at least five or six years. So, yeah. so Quincy Gibb is here. He's doing great. Tomorrow he'll be five weeks old. How can he already be five weeks Isn't old? That's so strange well, how quick it goes. I know. It mm. is. So, so, so he's a pretty handsome. good baby. Thank you. Thank you. I thought he was really cute, but everyone seems to be like, no, really, he's really cute. And there are ugly babies. I was at Babies R Us the other day, and I saw a baby so ugly that I actually like walked around the other aisle and went to look at it again because I couldn't get over it. <laughs> Can I see your baby again? Oh. <laughs> and the baby was crying, and the mom looked at me like, oh, you know how it goes. And I was thinking, yeah, I know how it goes, but I don't know how it goes to have such an ugly baby. Oh, my God. What if she was thinking that about Quincy? <laughs> he wasn't. He wasn't. He wasn't with me. But there's no oh, way yeah. she could have. <laughs> <laughs> a face only a mother could love. That's right. So, as you can see, listen. Hopefully, I still sound like my same old self. Um, yeah. So anyway, so the cats. You told me that um, your coworker, she had her baby, and she'd spent six thousand dollars on an operation for her cat before the baby, and yeah. then after the baby, she hated her cat. And. <laughs> She I wanted was like, to I leave the door that. open and let it let, let it walk out. That's right. <laughs> so mean. And I didn't understand it. And I would look at the cats sometimes and think, oh my God, am I not going to love you as much anymore? Like I get really wistful mm. about my love for the cats because I, yeah. I enjoy my love for the cats. So um, obviously they don't get as much as attention as uh, as much attention as they did before, but they're still very, very loved. And they've been really sweet. Like Birdsworth just likes to monitor Quincy. He just kind of, like, kind of likes to sit near him and observe and uh, Marnie just seems kind of annoyed by the whole thing but you know she's she's pretty cool about it but Birdsworth he just seems like a real real good big brother to him yeah. so yeah so it's really sweet and I still love the cats and yeah we just make extra effort to like love them and give them their attention because you know right. they don't understand and they're doing the best they can and, and they seem to get it they get it that this is a baby and they need to be respectful and you know oh, and deal they with it they're not confused by it but my friend uh, uh, JP told me that his cat sh would like, if anyone like roughhouses with the cat, the cat will just hit, swat at them or bite them or whatever. But when his um, his sister's kids do that with him, and the kids are extra rough when with pets than, than an adult would be, mm -hmm. the cat just takes it. Like the cat knows that this is a kid That's and I can't so pull my shit. Yeah. I can't pull my shit on a kid. He doesn't know. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I was just reading this book called A Language Older Than Words, and um, I can't remember the author's name, but he talked about how he has always been able to kind of communicate with nature, and he would ask, like, um, the, he, he saw this coyote, and he says, please don't kill my chickens. And the coyote's like, okay, and he's like, he's like, just leave this one alone. Like, this one is the special one. And he's like, you can have the other ones, though. And so the coyotes would eat, like, the other, you know, it was, he goes, I, you know, I started wow. to wonder if I was losing my mind, but it, he goes, I really think that there is something to this. So I, it was really compelling. Yeah. I was like, I kind of believe it, that you can yeah. have some kind of connection like that. I don't know. Like, animals know. Yeah. Oh, I think so. I mean, I just think animals just get, you know, disrespected because they don't speak English, which, you know, a lot of people treat human beings with disrespect <laughs> when they don't speak English. Hammerhead so, um, used to say, you're in America now, so learn English. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> oh. She'd say, I don't anyway. understand these foreigners coming into our country and taking our jobs and they can't even speak English. I go, Anne's a foreigner. And she goes, yes, but she's from England, so she can speak English. <laughs> Anne was standing right there, and the British nurse. <sighs> oh, man. 
It's the best language in the world, you know. And we're yeah. the best country in the world. We're number one. Seriously. I think we're number one oh, because man, we produce Behind the Candelabra, <laughs> which just came I out on know HBO. It. <laughs> oh my god. So, listener, we talked about this a lot before. Our enthusiasm for the project and once we knew it was happening and it being shot, just, yeah, we were, couldn't wait. And finally, uh, I guess not this past Sunday, the Sunday before, Behind the Candelabra, the story of Liberace and his <laughs> lover aired on HBO. <laughs> I went back and listened to the episode from a year and a half ago where you announced that they were going to be filming it starring Michael Douglas. Yes, I listened to it today because I was looking for Dino, the Christian Liberace, and and I was looking for a specific picture of him that we had on our Donkini page, and that's the episode where you announced that you had heard that this was in production now. Or it was then, and you go, it's going to be filmed over summer of 2012. And we're like, yay! (laughs) (laughs) And now it's here. And it was directed by Steven Soderbergh, which made, uh, I love him so much. And it's, ah, just the whole time, I wish I could have watched it with you. And thank you very much for uploading it for me. But the whole time, I had my mouth open, as you can imagine. And, like, my fingers, like, splayed. You know, like, this is the best thing I've ever seen. So it was like, I mean, and you've read the book and I've read the book twice and I really, didn't you feel like it really brought the book to life? Like it wasn't taking yes. all these liberties with it. It wasn't taking it in new places that weren't in the book. I felt like, yeah, this is, this is how I pictured the book as I was yeah. reading it, you know, and I just took great care to just, the story's all there. Let's just tell it, you know? Yep. Yeah. They did so, such a good job with it. And I forgot yeah. that Michael Douglas was Michael Douglas most of the time. That's how good yeah, he was. Yeah, Seriously. It took me a moment at the beginning, and then he just, yeah, he really, yeah, he really became Liberace. So, yeah, it was just, uh, it was, I mean, there was like, this is, should we, I don't know if I should spoil. This is, a, to me, this would be a spoiler, but there are some <laughs> serious butt-fucking scenes in that. <laughs> <laughs> See, that would just be like a teaser for me. I'd be like, oh, I gotta move that up higher on the queue. <laughs> I know, but I was watching I was like, it, and I'm wow. like, Michael Douglas, you're giving Matt Damon throat cancer, because of that Michael Douglas <laughs> news just came out about why he got throat yes, cancer. Yes, yes. I heard a joke, like, I saw, like, a compilation of all the late night shows um, uh, talking about Michael Douglas saying that, and one of them said um, he's overcompensating for having just played Liberace. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he so was. Yeah, that's what it was. Uh. But yeah, but it was it was it was everything I wanted it to be. Like it didn't disappoint in any way. So yeah, I was I, yeah, I, and and like they didn't leave out my favorite part, which is where Scott <laughs> is freaked out after the plastic surgery when Liberace's eyes don't close properly, yes. and so he looks over at him in the night and his eyes are just partially open. He's snoring. <laughs> yes, it's the best. So listener, if you can see behind the candelabra. It made me really like Michael Douglas for the first time in my life. (laughs) I just didn't know he had it in Yeah, I've always been indifferent about him. And uh, I haven't cared for Matt Damon either, so yeah. And I'm pleased to say that that movie is so fucking gay! (laughs) (laughs) It is gaiety personified. (laughs) (sighs) And they even shot it at Zsa Zsa Gabor's house. Oh, that's right. That's where they filmed. <sighs> yep. Oh, okay. Deeply satisfying. Now, you post. I saw you put this as your um, cover photo on Facebook, <laughs> and I don't know. I didn't know what it was. I thought I'm just gonna wait to find out. So please explain to me. Well, what the someone sent to me a link. They go, look at what's going on at this church in our town. I clicked on the link, and it said. Porn and pancakes. And it was... What? It was, you know, a picture of pancakes, and it had porn and pancakes written in syrup on these pancakes. And it says, in the men's church basement, you know, church basement for the men of our congregation and boys age 11 and up. And so I read on... Believe me, this was a big topic on the Stuff Christian Culture Likes page that day. Um, This is the about page on it. Porn and pancakes. The fun starts Saturday morning with a breakfast event for men called Porn and Pancakes, a morning filled with straight talk about porn and the issues surrounding porn from the people who get it, porn industry insiders, and people who have struggled without hope. This breakfast is open to men and boys in junior high on up. 
what's in it for me? In this case, you can get great pancakes, great teaching, and the opportunity to tell people that you went to Porn and Pancakes. I mean, come on, no more needs to be said. Porn and Pancakes will cover different issues surrounding pornography and have different presenters. In addition to a presenter addressing the issue of pornography, this event will also have a message from an ex-porn producer. But you never know who might show up. <laughs> it's like, what? what is happening? I'm Jeremy? Like, yeah, right? Right? So, bleh. No, okay. Yeah, it had a big list. How is that even, like, a possible, like... <sighs> this bleh. is normal. This is, like, a normal thing in Christian culture where they're like, okay, that's kind of edgy. That's not weird. That couldn't... That there, Nothing bad could come of me taking my 11-year-old son to a porn and pancakes event at a church. Only positive things can I mean, come from this. you have an 11-year-old son. What do you think I he knows about know. porn? Uh-huh. I'm not talking with him about this, even though they have a statistic where they said the average age of first internet porn exposure is age 11. And, wow. you know, I, I know, right? So I can I understand their concern. Porn sucks in some ways. But, like, <laughs> <laughs> if you are freaking out and hyperventilating and being so histrionic about the subject of pornography, that's not... You're not. That's how you create a fetish. You know what I mean? Like they need to cool yeah. out a little bit and talk about what's underneath this that would draw someone to porn. It's like porn isn't the problem. It's the guy. Sounds like who, that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to talk about it in this chill way with pancakes. Like that's how chilled out we are. We can just casually eat pancakes while we talk about this. <laughs> I think the pancakes are there to soften the blow. <laughs> they are like we're just having a down home time together. Everybody, come on in. We're going to talk about the pornography. Oh my gosh, um, my cousin's in Texas. My um, little cousin Hannah Beth. She goes, oh, you know, Daniel's her brother, and he's like in high school. And she goes, whenever Daniel goes to spend the night with his friends, our mom calls beforehand, and she goes, now, do y'all have the internet over there? Um, y'all don't think the boys will be watching that pornography, do you? <laughs> She's serious. <sighs> And Daniel's so embarrassed. <sighs> oh my god. So that just goes to show what a big deal pornography is in Christian culture. They're so freaked out by it. Wow. So, yeah. Um, well, something that should get you into hell um, <laughs> if you don't apologize or accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior is um, uh, <laughs> is pornography. And, uh, and the, thankfully, the Pope, the new Pope, Pope Francis has said that everyone can go to heaven now, even atheists. So it's pretty awesome of him. So he said, um, God has redeemed all of us, all of us with the blood of Christ, all of us, not just Catholics, everyone, even atheists. There you go. Everyone. So everyone just keep on keeping on because the Pope... (laughs) Has has said that that we're all in, so so that's pretty awesome. But hold everything because the Vatican then said, "Whoa, hold up!" Because I guess that kind of fucks with your whole controlling people uh-huh. thing. If you tell them, kind of does. You can just kind of, kind of, kind of keep on keeping on, um, and you're and you and you're fine. So they actually um, went ahead and uh, and uh, recanted that on the Pope's behalf, saying, oh. uh, "Let's see." Uh, uh, they said that people who know about the Catholic Church cannot be saved if they refuse to enter her or remain in her. <laughs> Which I thought sounded what? very deliciously I love how they perverse. think that they are the final authority on this stuff. Whatever. Oh, I know, I know. So uh, yeah, that's what they said. But I, but isn't isn't the Pope supposed to have? I forget what it's called. But the Pope is infallible. Like the Pope is like a direct connection to God. So. We shouldn't be second-guessing the Pope. So, right. yeah, there's all kind of bullshit going on over there. Religion so. is, yeah. <laughs> I mean, imagine that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. They're all mad about that. There's um, this speaker guy I really like, and he's really good friends with Peter Rollins. Um, that's this pastor guy named Rob Bell. And he has, you know, is really popular and has gotten infamous lately because he is questioning the existence of hell. And saying, what if it's, what if hell is here on earth? What if heaven is here on earth? And he's, you know, he hasn't abandoned the Bible at all, but like people like right. Mark Driscoll hate him for saying that. And Mark Driscoll called him a coward for not fearing the flames of hell and stuff like that. But um, I just listened yeah. to this interview with 
Pete Doesn't on even make Pete Holmes. sense. How can you be What's a coward that? when you're not afraid of something? Yep, there you go. And that, yeah, that just kind of shows what Driscoll's on about. That That's his logic for being a coward. <laughs> can I just say that really annoyed me after 9-11 when everyone just kept going, the terrorists are cowards. Like, that was just the yeah. buzzword to cause, call like, terrorists. Uh, they kind of like, got a big, giant, brass set of balls on them. Then Seriously! <laughs> just because they did plane. something completely fucked doesn't mean that they're now cowards. Because I remember uh, Bill Maher got, like, screamed at because he said, they're not cowards. Like, that's just, they're fucking, call them a million other things, but cowards is not the right word. And yep. he got a bunch of flack for it because everyone was so sensitive at the time. Like he couldn't even he couldn't even say that, you know. So it's just it's just such a like. Well, let's see. I've got a bag of insults here. Coward. That'll do. It doesn't even yeah, make Yeah, that's like one of the sense. worst ones you can call. That's you know people think that's really low. I, I would think like you know the America we're gonna get them kind of mentality and the Mark Driscoll like man up mentality like the worst thing right, you can call right, somebody right. who threatens your system would be a coward I guess. Right, even if it doesn't but make I'm sense. Okay, fair totally enough. with you on that. <laughs> not, not what they are. <laughs> they're a lot of things, but they're not cowards. <laughs> uh, so anyway, back to Rob Bell. Oh yes. Well, anyway, Pete Holmes, the comedian. Um, he used to be like way up in Christian culture. He went to Wheaton, which was this Christian college. He used to lead Bible studies. And then he started really questioning stuff, and he moved out to L.A., and he does comedy now. And I really like his podcast called You Made It Weird. I don't listen to it all the time, but I listened to it recently because Rob Bell was on it, and he was being awesome. Um, and I can't—I actually was, like, so moved. I was listening to it at the gym on the treadmill, and I had to keep stopping to take little cry breaks. <laughs> like, discreetly cry at the gym because I'm like, I love that they're talking about this. This is so cool to hear hear it in this context. So I'll put a link at donkini.com just because um, Rob is, like, really affirming of, of your doubt. And, and it's he's not trying to give the answers and Pete kept saying right. it's so refreshing to me that you won't say yes I know this for sure I know that you know so you know yeah. that's kind of up my alley but um there's also a big thing where Rob Bell was asking Pete Rollins all this stuff at, when Rob used to be a pastor of a big church and so uh, I might put a clip of that on Don Keeney too because I put that on stuff Christian culture likes and people seem to be kind of eating it up but it's nice you know it's like goes along with that Pope thing like like not everybody's yeah. going you know how who are we to say is kind of the upshot yeah so. well let's not anyway. give pope francis too much credit because he thinks that the gays are like unraveling the fabric of society or something did he say so that he's oh, not he said that. something like that so he's very oh, anti-gay but yeah oh, dear. so yeah, I don't like he's that. not the he's not the great liberal pope that you might hope he would be <laughs> so yeah yeah but at least the gays will go to heaven. So that's good, according to him. <laughs> There's that, I guess. I mean, you can think yeah. they don't deserve rights and they're unraveling the society, but hey. <laughs> yeah, they'll still go to heaven. Oh, I'm conflicted now. Uh, now, speaking of Mark Driscoll and you and your, your, your battles. Uh, <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. You had uh, you had an incident last week. Was it last yeah. week? Yeah. Like, I think it's been a couple weeks now where um, <clears throat> we've talked on this podcast before about Tony Jones, how he, um, you know, is I, I've said that he has a Mark Driscoll posture, like, you know, kind of like, I'm right, you're wrong, fuck you kind of situation. Yep. And, um, and he's friends with Pete Rollins, <laughs> which is kind of interesting because that was... Um, yeah, but Pete doesn't seem to have that posture to me. But anyway, um, two weeks ago, Tony Jones wrote a big blog post about reconciliation in the Christian community. And he named me as being someone who refused to reconcile with him. Um, and so he like he actually used my name. He said this. He, he used my name in the same sentence with Mark Driscoll. Um, he goes, <clears throat> as well as being, you know, this is just a bit in the middle of a big thing. So here's, it's not doesn't have the context, but he says, as well as being on the receiving end of meeting results, meeting requests. I've also been on the proactive end of meeting with even those with whom I disagree. I've been in Al Mohler's super secret office. I've met with Tim Keller, Tim Keller a couple times in New York City. I've had lunch with John Piper. Every time I go to Seattle, I reach out to Mark Driscoll and ask to meet in public or private, and every time he refuses. I've offered to talk with one of my most outspoken feminist critics, Stephanie Drury, to hear her concerns, and she has, confu- she has refused. And so people start emailing me, and they're like, Tony named you in a post, and I'm like, oh, God. And so I read it, and, and it was, 
you know, the whole post was making it look at how he was all pro reconciliation. And yeah. so I, you know, I, I don't comment there. I don't feel safe there. I don't think anything good can happen for me commenting. But since he named me, I, re- I left this comment. Um, I said, you know, Tony named me in this post. So I'm going to tell my side of the story. This is my version. Mind you, Tony's is probably different. Last year, after I commented on Tony's post, in which he asks why women don't comment on his blog, Tony had his friend contact me and say, Tony said to give you his phone number so you can call him and apologize. When I didn't do it, when I didn't do anything, I got an email from Tony saying, call me if you think we need to talk. I wasn't sure we needed to. We had never met and had no relationship besides my answering when he asked why women don't comment on his blog. I asked him, do you think we need to talk? And he said yes. As the emails went on, I gave him my number and was agreeing to talk, even though my intuition was acting way the fuck up over it. Then David, my husband, and several people who know Tony personally told me, I don't think you should talk to him. It won't go well. Nothing will get done. The stuff he's writing to you doesn't bode well that will get anywhere. I initially felt like I should make a good faith effort and talk to him, but my intuition wouldn't leave me alone, and his tone was getting more aggressive, and it got to where I couldn't sleep. So I told him, you don't have a posture of reconciliation. This feels like a contest for you, and now you're going to tell people that you you reached out to me and that I wouldn't meet with you. And now Tony finally did. So that was my comment on the post. And so, like, he was, well, he was silent for a while. And then someone wrote, Tony, do you have a rebuttal? And then he goes, no, no rebuttal, no rebuttal. And then like two minutes later, he he writes this. He goes, Stephanie, I just read back through our email correspondence that we had. There's nothing about you apologizing to me. I never mentioned that, nor would I have thought that that was necessary. I reached out to you because you were publicly attacking me on your Facebook page. I'd be happy to publish the correspondence if you agree. You and I had earlier interactions on Twitter and Facebook, and they'd all been positive. In any case, I'm glad you got to tell your side of the story here. In all honesty, I only approached you in order to build some kind of bridge. You definitely don't owe me a conversation. So I felt that was really slippery of him. And I said, yeah. I said, no, the apology bit wasn't in the emails you sent. I said, a mutual friend told me that you told her to give me your number so that you could, so that I could apologize to you. Yeah. That was before the emails. And he goes, well, that wasn't ever my intention. Have a good weekend. And so people immediately go, you always do this, Tony. Like whenever, you know, you're you're approaching a a point where you have to say you're sorry or, or, you know, it's it's obvious you're in the wrong. You say that you're going offline and you'll be back next week. (laughs) All these people were like really upset about in the comments. So it got, it just got interesting. It was a little bit juicy. And I love how transparent he is. It's so like, funny because I feel I you know I didn't have anything else to say. Like everyone's like just the comments were filling up and everyone could see and it was nuts, you know. Yeah, he just you don't have to yeah, you had nothing more to add. He he, he did it. Wow. It's amazing. Yep. So, anyway, that was interesting. That was fun. <laughs> it's probably not over either. But there's my little Tony drama. Oh, so he also the next day or next week or whenever he got back from his little hiatus from the internet, he goes, I'm going to, he said he was going to post or have a feminist week, June 10th, where he would like have Christian feminists write. And he would, he's like, I'm not going to, you know, censor your posts, although they must not be ad hominem attacks. And <laughs> like, okay, no censorship, but no ad hominem. Okay. Um, so anyway, I submitted my covert misogyny post on stuff Christian culture likes. So we'll see uh-huh. if he posted or not, but I don't know. It's, it's, it's interesting because I feel like this inherent misogyny is so deeply ingrained, you know, in men and women. And I've tried to start writing and examining the ways I, it's present in me and I perpetuated yeah. it. Um, just since we've started talking about all this in the last few months. And so I've, I have this post on the Stuff Christian Culture Likes Facebook page, like a note where I, I'm like, I, here's part of my story. I'd like to invite other people to tell their story about what it was like for them growing up in the church, how the we were treated to observe gender gender roles and our how our intellect was and our abilities, you know, were kind of ba- judged or dismissed based on our gender How'd you feel this happening? So I feel like this is still going on, even with these groups of Christians who consider themselves really progressive and talk about gay rights all the time. So we'll just see where this is going. But, you know, when you tell someone who's progressive that they're doing something that's not progressive, it's the worst thing you can say to them. And they can't can't see how they're they're being that way. So 
Um, yeah, yeah, no. Well it's funny, actually. Well, remember we talked a few weeks ago, I guess it's yeah, a couple months ago maybe, about that book, Being Wrong, about oh, yeah. acknowledging where you're wrong. And I borrowed it from the library, but of course with the baby and everything going on, I haven't had a chance to read it. But my, my family's been visiting, um, you know, because of the baby. And my mom, I was talking to something about my mom and I told her about it and she was really interested. But when I told her about it and she started reading, like just the introduction, she was getting way excited because she was, I could tell she was just excited because so she said I know some people I want to recommend this to because she was just sitting there thinking about all the people who are wrong that need to read it and I was like no you need to read this and think about you and after you've read it maybe you can say I learned a lot from this book but you need to just be focusing on you that's the point that's how I was planning to read it and she was laughing so hard. She was like, you're right. I'm like smacking oh, my lips so thinking about all the people I want to suggest it to. Oh, that's so cute. Because like a lot of people wouldn't be able to hear that, you know. Yeah, no. When I told her, she totally saw how hilarious and, and wrong she was to say oh, that's that. Oh, so funny. Aww. And then she's, now, now she's reading it more, you know, introspectively. So, because, um, you know, she meant well. She just thought that she already acknowledges that she's wrong. And she does more than a lot of people. But, you know, yeah. not, it's not... People think they do to an extent. Nobody thinks that they are, you know... Nobody will admit to being... I, I'll never say I'm... I'll never say when I'm wrong. I'm, I will. I, I mean, I'm not someone who won't admit when I'm wrong, but nobody wants to admit that. But there's tons of people who are, you know, mm. and don't even see it. So you know. Yeah. Um, so she's ahead of ahead of that. But yeah, still, everyone can benefit from that. I, I suggested to somebody else, and again, the first thing is, oh, I know people who should read that. And I'm like, anyone who says that, you're like the first person who should read that. Seriously. I know all these people who are wrong who could benefit from this. Exactly. <laughs> I'm just not one of them. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny because, like, I mean, because you know, I'm very good, I think, at admitting I'm wrong, and I still want to read it and be better at it, you know. So. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm I'm in this group right now with um these people since my small boat ended. They, another like six week group started up where um it's kind of based on a Benedictine kind of discernment thing where um where we, you, you listen to other people and it talks about how. Um, reserve, you know, in this group we are going to, you know, reserve judgment as the person tells their story because no one knows what courage it takes to live someone else's life or, or right. everything they're up against. And I thought hey, that feels really key. It's like, you know what? Like if if we, you know, the expression <laughs> get in their shoes, it's truly if we could have any idea, you know, it would probably blow our minds. We'd probably have a lot of empathy, you know. Yeah. For for whoever we disagree with, so that's been kind of nice to consider and humbling. You're like, oh shit, I'm an asshole all the time. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's nice because you know when I'm in that group, I feel really safe, and you know I feel like those yeah. pe those people aren't going to you know just think I'm wrong for something out of hand, and that's really nice. So yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyway, you can monger that is is probably good. That book sounds like a good start. <laughs> yes. So now, retreating to a to a Dongtini chestnut, I believe you have some Taco Bell news. Think outside the bun. I have some excellent Taco Bell news, and I've seen it all over the news, all over the internet. So this is probably oh, nothing. Oh, and I've missed this. Have you missed it? Okay. I have no recent Taco Bell news. Thank God, because there is a picture <laughs> going all over the place. Of a guy in a Taco oh, Bell. Oh wait, no, no, I have it. I have it. Oh no, I do. I do know it. You do know this? Okay. Okay. For all you people worldwide in Antarctica, even who know about the guy holding a stack of Taco Bell sh taco shells with his tongue on them. <laughs> An employee. An employee in his little uniform, clearly in Taco Bell kitchen. Is licking a big stack of Taco Bell, Taco Bell taco shells, the hard kind, and so Taco Taco Bell's PR department is is having an aneurysm right now. This is just the biggest nightmare <laughs> they could ever possibly have. So um, they're releasing all these statements. The most recent one, as of press time, is um, those shells were only provided for coworkers to practice making the new line of Cool Ranch Doritos Locos tacos. The shells were thrown out after use. This is standard operating procedure, and our franchisee confirmed this protocol. 
<laughs> so that's their official statement. Sure, Taco Bell. Wow. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I don't buy it. That guy's in big trouble. But, and I, I like new Taco Bell Cool Ranch shells. Come on, those have been out for months. <laughs> <laughs> they are not practicing those anymore, Taco Bell. No, seriously. Well, I have some uh, Taco Bell news that nobody would have. It's very, very uh, internal Taco Bell news. But uh, as, uh, as some of you listeners may know, uh, if you follow Neil Hamburger on Twitter, uh, he retweets people who are saying that they are sick from Taco Bell. Just yeah. All he does is just search sick Taco Bell, retweet, retweet, retweet. So a few nights ago, I'm just walking around doing, going from one room to the other, and he's like, oh. So many people sick from Taco Bell. I can't even retweet all these. <laughs> what if he more did? Than he could handle. It would be like a steady stream of like 2,000 tweets in a row. I know. <laughs> Taco Bell. Be insane. <laughs> so, yeah, that was just funny. It was just he just couldn't do it. That's how I am when I retweet people having coffee with Jesus or enjoying God's creation. <laughs> There's too many to retweet. <sighs> I should find my pet peeve to retweet. Yeah. Because I don't have much to say other than baby stuff. I feel like I've lost my edge. I'm like, on Twitter, I just hardly go on there. All I have to talk about is baby crap. Like, I tweeted the other day, uh, when we got this water washable paint for the nursery wall, I thought I'd be wiping off crayon, not oh, shit. Oh, that was a good one. <laughs> that was a Thank good you, one. But yeah. Because they can spray. They're projectile. <laughs> yeah, it's really runny. Breast milk makes the shit really runny. Or it doesn't always, but it can. And it just shot about 8 to 10 inches, and it hit the wall. <laughs> It wasn't a lot, but god damn it, I wasn't expecting that. And then yesterday, I was like holding his legs up while I was like doing something, and I didn't realize I was like sort of pulling his direct. I don't know how you fucking never got pissed on by Judah because I've already been pissed on more times than I can count. So it was great. Are you serious? Serious? I don't know. Like he's so squirmy, like kicks his legs so much that there's no way we can keep anything over his peenie to stop the piss. But yeah, so yesterday I was like, I inadvertently twisted his legs pointing, you know, over the, towards over the edge of the change pad. And then like next thing there's like piss going down my legs and on my foot. Like I just pointed his That's amazing. Yeah. Speaking of peenie, which is seems like the right word to use is for a tiny baby's yeah, penis. I was going to say, we have a new word. <laughs> peenie. It's a dong, Simone. It's, oh, please. That little thing is just a little ding. But anyway. I know. But when I was in the hospital, when I was in the hospital, like the nurses kept asking about, baby, has he done poo-poo? Has he done pee-pee? Then, because when you have the C-section, like when you have the epidural, like I guess it shuts down your... Um, uh, your digestive tract so they want to know when you've gone you know to the bathroom <laughs> so this nurse comes in every time she came in have you gone poo poo oh my have you god gone poo -poo? it's like Ew, she I'm said 35 that to you? fucking years old why are you asking me if I have gone poo poo <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ and I responded using the phrase bowel movement have you because I'm an adult <laughs> Had I, uh, I hadn't, and then I, and then I eventually. I no, I meant like you should have <laughs> asked the nurse. <laughs> have you? I should have asked. Have you? I totally should have. Um, when I went to see my friend Eric in the hospital after he suffered a spinal injury and was paralyzed from the waist down, he was in very good spirits, and um, you know there was a ton of us there in his hotel room, and he was like really taking it like a champ. But anyway, there was this old you know, old man nurse type. He was kind of grouchy, but there was a lot of us in, in the room. And he came yeah. over to Eric and had this packet of something that he was supposed to stir into his water. And he goes, here, it's for your stool. And then he left. <laughs> <laughs> and we're all like, oh my God, he said that for all of us. <sighs> Hilarious. Now, yes, now you have, you have some baseball names to talk about. Oh, yes. Because, what season is it? It's baseball season, right? Obviously, there was that it's crazy Mariners season. game yes. yesterday, but it all runs together for me even still. So I'm up on these, these. I just love sports names. I think they're hilarious. I think how the name Jermaine and Antoine and Keyshawn are like big names in the NFL. And um, baseball yeah. names, though, are actually more hilarious to me. And so here is just a list of the game of the names that I'm always like asking David. I'm like, what's this guy doing? Because I remember the name. 
we have Milky Cabrera, Coco Ooh. Crisp, <laughs> yes, Milton Bradley. <laughs> Milton Bradley should play for the Dodgers. He was—he's such a nut. Yes, yes, David said he just got—he just got thrown in jail for punching his wife. Wow! Yeah, Not he funny, was a loose but... cannon when we had him. The um, Albert Pujols. Yes, Pujols. <laughs> it's P-U-J-O-L-S. I just love that. Um, yes. Charlie Charlie Furbush and Doug <gasps> Fister. <laughs> I never heard of Furbush. Charlie Furbush, Doug Pister. Apparently yes. there was Rolly Fingers a few years ago. I'm not sure, but lots of good stuff. Gosh, so that's all. Yeah, that's all I, I knew. Could think I knew of like right half now. of those names. I didn't know about what was it? Fur Fingers? No, what was it? <laughs> Which one? Charlie Furbush fur and oh, Furbush. M- Milky Milky Cabrera. You knew who Coco Crisp was. Yeah, yeah, and I'd heard of Milky Cabrera, and um, we got a new guy on the Dodgers. Um, they just brought him up from. Um, um, from the miners, uh, his name is his last name is Puig, P-U-I-G, Puig. Yeah. So, yeah, I forget his first name, but yeah, he's pretty hot right now. But uh, yeah, it's a pretty peculiar name. But uh, yeah, not a furbush. <laughs> <laughs> he's no furbush or fister. No. So uh, I guess uh, I want to wrap things up on you know some good Dongtini form uh, with all this baby shit I've been talking about. Literally, I've Literally. talked about baby shit today. <laughs> yeah. So um, anyway, so my friend posted this and just said, uh, you know, watch this. You know, just trust me. You know, don't you trust me? And yeah, I trusted him. I just I had no idea what it was, but I was like, yeah, I'm gonna trust it. This guy posts some good stuff, so I click on it, and uh, and my comment afterwards was, never in all my years of computing have I hit the uh, the increase volume button as fast <laughs> when I saw the title. <gasps> it said it says massage for men, and then as it plays, the words. <laughs> God, wait on. What is it? Uh, I want to say the exact thing. Yes. Self anal massage for men comes up in front of massage for men. <laughs> and this is just on something normal like YouTube. It's on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it says Uranus self anal <gasps> massage for men. So yeah. So here is I'm gonna play the what it's play these parts now. My name is Joe Kramer, and I'm a massage instructor. With this self anal massage you can reclaim an important part of yourself. You know little babies enjoy their assholes. <laughs> is this when serious? You have no shame. You certainly didn't old. carry it's tension like in your sphincter muscles. We were taught that there are places on our body that we should avoid. And the asshole is at the top of the list. What is the purpose of this anal taboo? Break the taboo and see what happens. Remember, Till I was 30 years old, I hated my asshole. And then later it says, I have a whole new relationship with that part of my body and I wish the same for you. (laughs) And then later he like starts explaining like how you're supposed to like, it's anal breathing and massage. So how you're supposed to like breathe with your ass, I guess. Oh my God. Yeah, and so he starts describing like how like you're supposed to draw these breaths. He's like, so go like circular breathing. <laughs> and he just, yeah, and he does this tightening with his hand, which I guess is to like show how your butthole's drawing air. Oh my so, god, I cannot watch this. I'm gonna fast post enough. it. I know, seriously. I was like, how can Stephanie not see this? But anyway, yeah. <laughs> God, it's terrible though. Like Facebook, and here's a Facebook watchdog. Arf, arf, arf. Um, so I <laughs> just a quick one. Just I a quick hope you one. Woke him but... up just now, just because that would be really funny <laughs> for me. Just a quick, quick, quick Facebook watchdog. But you know how like you comment on something, you like something, and then it goes into everybody's stream, and you can't even find a place where you can like hide it from your timeline or anything yeah, you know so all these people like like your comment that you left on some page oh, or something shit, so yes. um i was really worried that all these people like relatives would see that i was commenting on uh, anal breathing and massage <laughs> <laughs> it's like god damn it 
So anyway, and that concludes a quick episode of Facebook Watch Talk. Arf, arf, arf. Anyway, so, <laughs> so uh, listener, I guess that wraps it up for this episode. So thank you all for listening. Thanks for sticking with us, and uh, hopefully we'll be back to some sort of regular schedule soon. But um, please visit dongtini.com for any supplementary material and to learn how to give yourself uh, an anal massage and how to do anal breathing. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, that should do it. So until next time, bye, Stephanie. Bye, Simone. Bye. <laughs> if ever you got rain in your heart Someone has hurt you and torn you apart Am I unwise to open up your eyes to love me And let it be like they said it would be Me loving you, girl, and you loving me Am I unwise to open up your eyes to love me. Open up your eyes to love me.